0: Let me start off with two words. Made in America. Made in America. Come on, man! What are we talking about?
1: Right, right, right
0: and wrong. Come on, man! What are we talking about? Right, right, right and wrong. Corn pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Corn pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right right, and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking
2: about? Welcome right, right, to Right and wrong. wrong. This is a show where we try to wake up the woke by talking common sense about the issues of the day. I'm your host, Brian Rooker, and with me, as always, is my man and yours, producer Juice. Truth box over there. What do you have to say to those folks out there in the right and wrong community today, my friend? Why are you always on about
3: women, Stan? I want to be one. What? I want to be a woman. From now on, I want you all to call me Loretta. What? It's my right as a man. Why do you want to be Loretta, Stan? I want to have babies. You want to have babies? It's every man's right to have babies if he wants them. But you can't have babies. Don't you oppress me. I'm not oppressing you, Stan. You haven't got a womb. Where's the fetus gonna just take? You're gonna keep it in a box?
1: Here, I've got an idea. Suppose you agree that he can't actually have babies, not having a womb, which is nobody's fault, not even the Romans, but that he can have the right to have babies.
4: Good idea, Judith. We shall fight the oppressors for your right to have babies, brother. Sister. Sorry?
3: What's the point? Well,. What's the point of fighting for his right to have babies when he can't have babies? It is symbolic of our
5: struggle against oppression. Symbolic of his struggle against reality.
2: (laughs) Yep. If the guys from Monty Python could have figured that out back in the 70s, why are we having such a hard time getting people to realize the absurdity of this stuff in the year 2022? (laughs) That was a good one, man. That was a good one. I like it. Well. We're excited to get back into the mix this week after skipping last week's show due to uh, a a little family getaway that I was able to take. Yeah, I got to go to uh, explore the Folly Beach section here in South Carolina. It was pretty cool. Got to take a dip in the ocean, which was nice. I liked that. But uh, I do want to give you guys a little bit of a warning about the vibe over there. And I believe I can sum it up in two words for you. Too many dogs. Two words. (laughs) All right, well, you guys are going to love this show that we got going on for you today. We got a lot to talk about, a lot to get into. We're going to explore the influence of the devil on our lives and how most people fail to even recognize his presence when it's right in front of their face. We've got the highly rated, highly loved, highly ranked rights and wrongs of the week. They're going to make you laugh. They'll make you cry. And they're probably even going to make you cringe a little bit. And we're going to wrap this show up today with a come on, man, segment that's featuring the woman that used to sign my paychecks. That's right, everybody. We'll be going up to Boston to make fun of, uh, I mean, hear uh, from Queen Wu herself, the mayor of Boston, Michelle Wu. So, sounds like you're ready. I know my man the truth box is ready. So, uh, why don't we just bring in our friend, Mr. Rick Flair, because it is showtime, baby. Woo! Showtime! Woo! 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 So, I've been thinking a lot lately uh, about the story of Adam and Eve. It's gotta be one of the most famous stories of all time, right? Everybody knows that story. God tells Adam and Eve, I've created all of this for you. He basically plans to uh, have them live in ignorant bliss. But he also knows that he didn't create just two puppets, right? He, he created human life. And they wouldn't be human without that all-important free will. So God presents them with a choice. How does he empower them to understand and to take control of that free will? Well, God points out the tree of knowledge and tells them, this is the only tree in the garden that you must not eat from. Pretty simple stuff, simple instructions. Well, that simple instruction, it activates the power of choice in Adam and Eve. And that one simple choice, it leads to so much more. It leads to uh, responsibility. So God is now allowing Adam and Eve to be responsible for their own actions. They're now responsible for their own choice. Remember, before this moment, they were just just created. They're walking around naked in this beautiful garden. They have this this amazing God from the heavens talking to them, encouraging them, being with them, presenting all of this to them. But now He's presented them with a choice. He's given them knowledge. And it's funny because it's presented to Adam and Eve that they'll be able to gain knowledge by eating the fruit from the forbidden tree. But simply presenting them with this choice, with this, this barrier, I guess, right in front of them, that gives them the knowledge right there that they're seeking by eating that fruit. They know what they're supposed to do. They know it. He told them. They understand that. They know right from wrong, and they know what's good and what's bad. They just don't trust their own instincts yet. They doubt. They're human. They're flawed. And they're too weak to resist the temptation that is presented to them, that comes to them, that tempts them. God allows them to have cause and effect, right? So Adam and Eve are now presented with a cause and an effect for the actions that they take. Follow these instructions. Do what is right and continue to live in harmony. Don't follow instructions. Break the rules. Do what's wrong. Well, now you're out on your own. Take a hike. You're flawed. You are flawed humans. We all know what ends up happening to, uh, poor old Adam and Eve, right? The devil shows up in the form of a talking snake and he tempts them. Why not eat from this tree? What type of God would make you live under such egregious living conditions? He just doesn't want you to be as smart as he is. Everybody else is doing it. You might be asking yourself, how is this relevant to me today? Or, you know, why is the right and wrong show moonlighting as a Sunday school knockoff? All right, I get it. Fair questions, fair questions. My point is that the devil doesn't present himself in the form of a snake anymore. I mean, that would be easy for us nowadays, right? Talking snake comes up, tries to tell you what to do. You know something's not right there. Something fishy going on here. I'm not going to listen to that. But it's not that simple. And the reason this is relevant today is because this story is alive and well. Trust me, we are living this story day in and day out. The settings changed, absolutely. The characters involved, they've changed. Adam and Eve are long gone. They're replaced by you, me, everybody else in this world. But there are two important characters who have remained the same over the course of history. And that's God and the devil. They may not appear to us in that same way. They may not appear as they're presented in the, in the Bible. But make no mistake about it, my friends, they're here. Over the course of time, they've both been a lot harder to identify, but they've been here this entire time. They really have. I wish we had the ability to see them in the way that they were presented back then in the creation story. Like I said, it'd be a lot easier to recognize it, right? Who would you listen to? Would you, would you listen to the to the loving, caring God who literally just created you? Or would you listen to that slimy, slithering snake who, who just pops his head out out of nowhere? Well, the harder it is to know and to see God, the harder it is to follow him. And unfortunately, the harder it is to identify the devil, the easier it is to fall for his temptation. That line by Verbal Kent in The Usual Suspects, it's so true. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he doesn't exist. So with that in mind, I want you to think about many of the issues that we talk about on this show. The, uh, the so-called culture war issues. And I want you to ask yourself, can I identify the temptation? Can I see the devil? Is the devil tempting parents to mutilate their children under the cloak of tolerance and inclusion? Is that the devil tempting mothers to avoid responsibility by sacrificing their own babies under the disguise of women's health? And is the devil tempting an entire generation of people into believing that who they desire sexually is the most and oftentimes only thing that matters about them? It's time to wake up and see what's really happening here. Our lives are short, people. And I know that when my, my time comes and I meet my maker, I'll be able to say that I tried. I really did try to do the right thing. What about you? What are you going to be able to say?
1: so what did you children learn about today hell bark. Bark. well that's what we learned about as you as hell can't tell you we learned about hell unless i say hell
4: can I?
0: Oh, lad has your point.
4: hell yes Bart. you're no longer in sunday school don't sweat
2: let's jump into uh one of one of these fun segments this is the one that i warned you about in the opening that uh you probably might end up cringing a little bit from so uh without further ado Let's get to the wrongs of the week. Juice, you ready for these? All right, let's jump right into it over here. Uh, the number five wrong of the week is going to be this clip that we found uh, from a medical school. So listen to this oath that these medical school students were forced to take in order to graduate. Juice?
6: Number
4: five. With gratitude. We, the students of the University of Minnesota Twin Cities Medical School Class of 2026, stand here today among our friends, families, peers, mentors, and communities who have supported us in reaching this milestone. Our institution is located on Dakota land. Today, many indigenous people throughout the state, including Dakota and Ojibwe, call the Twin Cities home we also recognize this acknowledgement is not enough. We commit to uprooting the legacy and perpetuation of structural violence deeply embedded within the healthcare system. We recognize inequities built by past and present traumas rooted in white supremacy, colonialism, the gender binary, ableism, and all forms of oppression. As we enter this profession with opportunity for growth, We commit to promoting a culture of anti-racism, listening and amplifying voices for positive change. We pledge to honor all indigenous ways of healing that have been historically marginalized by Western medicine. Knowing that health is intimately connected to our environment, we commit to healing our planet and communities. We vow to embrace our role as community members and strive to embody cultural humility. We promise to continue restoring trust in the medical system and fulfilling our responsibilities as educators and advocates. We commit to collaborating with social, political, and additional systems to advance health equity. We will learn from the scientific innovations made before us and pledge to advance and share this knowledge with peers and neighbors. We recognize the importance of being in community with and advocating for those we serve.
2: Wow, that Ben Stein guy there really, uh, really, really trying to in, uh, channel his inner Jim Jones, I guess. Kids, please, please don't drink the Kool-Aid. I'm surprised they weren't forced to perform a blood sacrifice to the gods of equity and inclusion.
5: The Duwamish, the Snoqualmie, the Suquamish, the Muckleshoot, the Snohomish, the Tulalip, and other Coast Salish peoples since time immemorial.
2: Next! Please, you're wasting everyone's time. Take a listen to this speech being delivered to a group of uh, at a, at a TED conference. Juice number four.
1: As transgender people are more openly being able to seek therapy, the demand for transgender surgery has increased by five folds over the past five years. And one may think that the preservation of surgery is a valid one, but in reality, is not very relevant or valid. 18 is the age in which minors are protected from making permanent decisions about their reproductive health because the thought is then at 18, they can decide what they would like to do. However, if as soon as pubertal blockers were added and then estrogen was added to her therapy, Avery's testes never developed. In fact, she does not make any sperm. And her reproductive capability to be a biological parent has been eliminated. Her testes are non-functional. And in medicine, don't we often recommend the removal of non-functional organs like an appendix? So therefore, does it make sense for Avery to wait until she's 18? Or should older adolescents be allowed to have surgery before the age of 18? 18 is also the age of consent. Doctors usually allow those who are 18 to make decisions about their procedures and consent so that you can weigh the risks and benefits. Well then, the transgender patient may be one of the most well-informed patients. Who else has had years of psychological evaluation, months of medical therapy, and has thought of this one procedure for so long. So rather than to use strict age limits for eligibility, why not use the number of years in which one has lived in their affirmed gender? And insurances and laws should consider older adolescents in getting gender affirmation surgery.
2: Guys, you know what this group's slogan is? These TED conference people, the, these things, whatever the hell they are, their slogan is "ideas worth spreading." Let that sink into you for a mi- for a minute. If you continue to sit back and remain silent about this stuff, then you've completely lost your testes. Next, sit down. Our number three wrong of the week is gonna go to President Unity. No, I'm not here. I'm not here. I, I don't, don't tell him I'm around. He just did an interview with Jake Tapper, and you'll uh, never guess who the president is
3: proud of. Juice. Number three. Our reporting, CNN's reporting, and the Washington Post reporting suggests that prosecutors think they could, they have enough to charge your son, Hunter, uh, for tax crimes and a false statement about a gun purchase. Um, personally and politically, um, how do you react to that?
0: Well, first of all, I, I'm, I'm proud of my son. This is a kid who got, uh, not a kid, he's a grown man. He got uh, hooked on, uh, like many families have had happen hooked on drugs. Uh, He's overcome that. He's established a new life. He is, um, I'm confident that he is, what he says and does are consistent with what happens. Um, And uh, for example, he wrote a book about his problems and was straightforward about it. I'm proud of him. He came along and said, by the way, this thing about a gun, I didn't know anything about it, but turns out that when he made my a- application to purchase a-, a gun. What happened was he stay I guess you get asked, the- I don't guess, you get asked the question, are you on drugs? You use drugs? He said no. And he wrote about saying no in right. his book. So I have I- I've- great confidence in my son. I love him. And uh, he's on the straight and narrow, and he has been for a couple of years now. And I'm just so proud of him.
2: Yeah, got to be proud of that guy who has pictures of himself smoking crack with prostitutes, huh? Or maybe he's just proud of the fact that his son started banging his brother's widow. Or, or, just maybe, he's proud of the fact that this crackhead son of his is on the verge of a federal indictment. Next! End of quote. Repeat the line. The number two wrong of the week is going to go to this lady who represents the UN, uh, and, and let me know afterwards how this makes you feel about misinformation. Number
4: two. You know, we partnered with Google, for example. If you Google climate change, you will, at the top of your search, you will get all kinds of UN resources. We started this partnership when we were shocked to see that when we Googled climate change, we were getting incredibly distorted uh, information right at the top. So we're becoming much more proactive. Um, You know, we own the science, and we think that the world you know, should know it. And, and the platforms themselves also do. Um, but again, it's, it's, it is, um, it's, it's a huge, huge challenge that I think all sectors of society need to be very active in.
2: So the UN gets to use their power and influence to affect what pops up when you Google climate change. Yeah, nothing to see here, folks. We own the science. Can we find that Nina Jankowicz lady? Bring her back out to start singing about misinformation. Turn it around to these folks. Don't forget, people. You could always Google how to keep elections secure. And are vaccines safe without any form of long-term testing? Go ahead, just Google it. They own the science, after all. Next!
1: they and the we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice, or vote.
2: All right, and we've gotten to the number one wrong of the week and this one's gonna be an ad that was circulating that got put out by planned parenthood juice number
7: one wrong of the week
8: there's no one-size-fits-all puberty experience if you're trans intersex or non-binary know that you're not the only one feeling confused for some intersex people puberty may start later than age 14 You might experience some of puberty's changes, and not others. And your body may or may not go through puberty on its own. There are medicines you can take to help your body start the process, like hormone replacement therapy. Some people decide on hormones or surgeries to help their bodies match up to their gender identity, or how they feel inside about themselves. Your gender identity is real. You should be the one to decide what changes you want to make to your body. If you're transgender or non-binary, you may find that your puberty experiences don't line up with your gender identity or how you see yourself. That feeling can be uncomfortable, scary, and stressful. If that sounds like you, know that you're not alone. There are medicines you can take to delay puberty for a while. They're called puberty blockers, and they work like a stop sign by halting the hormones testosterone and estrogen that cause puberty changes like facial hair growth and periods. Puberty blockers are safe and can give you more time to figure out what feels right for you, your body, and your gender identity. You don't have to have all of the answers right now. So remember, it's all a work in progress, and it may take time to figure out what feels right to you, but talking to a trusted adult and a nurse or doctor may help.
2: Wow, scary stuff, people. It's so obvious why they're pushing this stuff so hard, too. It really is. As my father-in-law would say, it's all about the money. <laughs> and it's, it's true. I mean, these companies, these pharmaceutical companies, the doctors involved, the, the lobbyists and activists behind all this stuff, they're trying to create patients for life. That's a never-ending stream of, of, of uh, reoccurring revenue. Isn't that what everybody's trying to do online and on social media these days anyways? These setting up these streams of money that that keep coming in for them. That's what these people are doing. Open your eyes here people. Open them up. These gender radicals, they're the slithering snakes out there.
6: Dragging our kids down into the pit of hell.
2: Next. Oh. Before I jump into this next part of, uh, uh, of the show, I do want to remind everybody, please, please, please uh, hit that li- like button, subscribe to the show, and please, if you live in Chapin, if you live in uh, Hull, if you live in Texas, Florida, Vermont, New Hampshire, please, please, please give us a uh, comment on the Apple podcast page, drop us a line somewhere, get the word out there amongst your friends, the right and wrong show uh share it with your friends and uh yeah give us a big thumbs up and a five star rating that stuff really really helps we got to try and beat this algorithm all right perfect well thank you guys so much for that so i understand that this is kind of a uh boston centric show if i go into this topic here but i i couldn't resist i know i'm already going to uh give you something with with the uh wonderful mayor there in boston at the end of the show but uh i just i think this stuff is is important, and it hits home for me. So uh, that's why I'm sharing it with you guys. So I wanted to talk about things that I've been seeing from uh, my old community, my old neighborhood, uh, the spot where I used to used to live and, and, and where I laid my roots, if you will. So I can't help but notice that so many people in that area are like, lib, 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 right? Or, or always vote Democrat, like, oh, I'm Democrat without even thinking about it. And the stuff that's, like, frustrating me now is I've actually had political debates with some people, like, personal political debates. Uh, You know, I know we're on different sides of the aisle, and I can imagine what they say not to my face uh, about, like, the podcast, about me being more vocal about this stuff, about me being more uh, vocal on social media about this stuff. So I can't help but notice when some of these same people post stuff complaining about things going on in the neighborhood when it's living with the consequences of vote and democrat that's the way i see it and unfortunately people are too blind to this uh they don't notice it i guess so i've been seeing like posts of uh oh, oh the playground around the corner from my house has needles in it when are you going to do something about this city of boston they're finding stuff like that and it's like oh well you 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 have soft-on-crime politicians that you keep voting for. Why do you think there's needles and, and trash in your playgrounds? Because they're not putting anybody away. And anybody that they do put away is getting let out with a slap on the wrist. Or n- little to no bail. We've enabled this this drug atmosphere in a lot of these cities, not just Boston, a lot of these cities, for a while now, as a, as a form of being kind. Oh, it's not their fault. They're hooked on drugs, And yeah, but it's still no excuse. You still have to do something about it. You know, is is locking them up in jail the greatest solution? No. But uh, I'd rather them in jail than hanging out on Melina Cass and uh, Massachusetts Avenue. It's disgusting. And then that's inevitably trickled in to neighborhoods further and further away from there. And that's how you get to the ones that are where I used to live, finding stuff like that finding trash and needles in the in the playgrounds where kids play. Right in that same area, I can't help but notice everybody's all up in arms now trying to rally the community to stand up and say no because, God forbid, they want to turn a, a decrepit, nasty, disgusting hotel that I can't imagine how many tricks are turned in that place, they want to turn that into housing for um, people that are in recovery. So... All these do-gooders, all these uh, people that want to be soft on crime and help out these addicts are fine doing that from afar. They just don't want them two blocks away from their house. And they try to pitch it as, oh, it could be congestion on the roads or it's a tough place to cross the street. Oh, you had no problem when it was just the, the seedy looking hotel there that was being used to peddle drugs and prostitution. But now that they want to turn that into some housing... For, for recovered addicts, now you don't want it in your neighborhood, right? This is what you get when you vote Democrat. They do not hold anybody accountable. There are not any consequences for your actions. None of that. That's what you're going to be left with. And it's just funny to see the same type of people to to, to, to stick their nose up and think, oh, if you, you speak the way I speak or vote the way I vote or support some of the things I support, we're, we're the ones that are the bad people. We're the racists. We're the misogynists. We're, we're the terrible people out there because we won't, uh, cause, cause we actually stand up and say this type of stuff. We, we point out the obvious before it happens instead of just pretending that we're good people until it ends up two blocks away from our house. It's just interesting to think about. Another one I saw was someone complaining about the prices of food keeps going up even from two weeks ago to, to today. Eggs, milk, bread, that stuff, right? Yet doesn't make the connection to who's in charge, who's running things, and what it was like a few years ago when it was a different person in charge.
7: You think people just really like French toast?
2: (laughs) You didn't have to worry about this stuff then. But again, the same people that are complaining about the price of the food products and stuff like that are the ones who think me, you, producer Juice, and any other conservative out there they think we're the bad people because we support life, because we're pro-life. They think we want to control women because we don't support murdering babies. It's mind-boggling to think of. They, they're they so passionate. Some of these people on the left or not completely thought through opinions that some of these people have uh, or, or the way that their opinions affect everyday life. They don't think this stuff through. They get all hot and bothered, passionate, saying, how dare you tell a woman what to do? That's my body, my choice, blah, blah, blah. And that's the only thing they're going to think of when they try to go to vote. Yet, a year later, they're going to bitch and moan about the prices of milk, eggs, and bread. Well, you voted for this. Are you getting an abortion? Are you even planning on having children? Are you past the age of having children? Any of this stuff. It's funny that, like will go out of their way to support a cause like that, yet neglect to think about the stuff that's going to directly impact them. And I think there's a lot of people that vote like that. Uh, And it boils down to something we talk about a lot on this show, Uh, the uninformed, uneducated, uninterested voter. There's way too many of that out there, and they just get sucked in with one little talking point or a headline, and that's what they go on. And unfortunately, they're left to deal with uh, the terrible, terrible living conditions that come with voting for the left. So it's about that time that we get to have a little bit more fun with this segment. Uh, Instead of making you cringe, hopefully this makes you uh, pump your fist, maybe giggle, laugh a little bit, and generally just um, feel like things are going in the right direction because These are the five rights of the week for you guys. So let's just jump right into everything and bring you uh, the number five right of the week. We're going to go up north with this one and visit uh, Canada. And this is Turd Boy's political rival. Yeah, this guy is uh, the leader of the opposition party. And let's hear what he had to say. Juice? Number
3: five. Our theory, our principle, is that a dollar left in the hands of the person who earned it is always better than in the hands of the politician who taxed it. That's right, we right, want right, this to right, be, right. once again, a country where hard work pays off, where the person who puts in that extra hour, takes that extra shift, or earns that extra bonus, keeps that money to give their kids a summer camp, or give their family an opportunity for a small camping trip, or... God forbid, to upsize their house or move from an apartment into a place of their own. This should be a country of opportunity, of boundless possibility for anyone who is prepared to put in the work. You know, it's appalling to me that a single mom of three earning $55,000 a year goes out and earns another dollar, loses 80 cents in government clawbacks and taxes, according to a study by this very finance department in this government. We're punishing the people who do the work of this nation. Our workers deserve rewards for their work. Our small businesses who take risks and mortgage their homes to survive and to supply our communities with services and our people with jobs, they deserve to keep the fruits of their labor. And that is why conservatives will always stand on the side of the people who work hard, who pay their taxes, and play by the rules. We will put Canadians back in control of their money, their lives, right here in Canada, the freest nation on earth.
2: Yep. You think that speaks to uh, those Canadian truckers who had their bank accounts frozen by Turd Boy? Yeah, I think it does. Uh, that guy, hard work pays off. What better slogan than that? And not to mention, he doesn't talk to you all breathy like Turd Boy does. Uh, so that's not what he's a boot. Can I ask you something? Do you find my personality abrasive? Next. Come
6: on, come get it.
2: All right. And I'm sure you guys have all heard this one already. But uh, big, big news from Tulsi Gabbard when she made the announcement that she is leaving the Democratic Party. So let's uh, let's listen to what she had to say.
6: Juice. Number four.
7: I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police, but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents. And above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me.
2: I mean, thankfully she's she's waking up to it. Uh that's a that's a woman that ran for president in the Democratic Party. Yeah. So, it's losing their base. They've completely sacrificed the normal um center-left Democrat in favor of the progressive radical nonsense next
6: all
2: right let's go back up to canada and talk to another politician up there who tells it how it is in my opinion she's just letting everybody know that the unvaccinated are the most discriminated against group of people she's ever seen and i couldn't agree more juice
6: number three
5: The community that faced the most restrictions on their freedoms in the last year were those who made a choice not to be vaccinated. I don't think I've ever experienced a situation in my lifetime where a person was fired from their job, or not allowed to watch their kids play hockey, or not allowed to go visit a loved one in long-term care or hospital, or not allowed to go get on a plane to either go across the country to see family, or even travel across the border. So they have been the most discriminated against group that I've ever witnessed in my lifetime. That's a pretty extreme level of discrimination that we have seen. I don't take away any of the discrimination that I've seen in those other groups that you mentioned, but this has been an extraordinary time in the last uh, year in particular. And I want people to know that I find that unacceptable, that we are not going to create a segregated society on the basis of a, of a medical choice.
2: Yep. Amen, baby. Amen. Next. A truly great job. All right. The number two right of the week is going to be uh, this one we got from a Trump rally. He was up there on stage getting ready to go into things. And this was the pump up video that was played for the crowd. And uh, Trump stood there from the podium watching it happen and this thing was just awesome so number two red of the week juice number
0: two you gotta do something about this guy he's killing me so we had just a little quick video made up
4: would you like to see it
0: how would you say your mental focus is <laughs> oh, It's focused <laughs> i said i think it's i i haven't look Let's get ready to bumble! I think it's a right for people that have bad at care True, and international depression. God, I can't believe I said that. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. Y'all ready for this? I was going to put him in uh, foot, foot. And Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. Wait, 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 wait. All men and women created by the go you know the you know the thing. If it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to anyway.
1: <laughs>
0: we went for two reasons. One to come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I've had a couple questions But the nature, not representative Jackie. Are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she, uh, she was going to be here. Um, uh, um, put what am I doing here? Talker. Talk, uh, uh, yeah. I got hairy legs that turn that, 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 that. Thank you for tolerance for listening to me. I appreciate it very much. What?
2: <laughs> yes. They used the corn pop in they They gave us a, come on, man. Oh, I love it. That was awesome. Trump's just standing there shaking his head that how how great does that make him look oh wow he called somebody a mean name on twitter you want to be left with somebody like that like that man that horrible horrible man he doesn't even know which way to exit a stage you're fired (laughs) that was a terrible trump so we'll move on from that
0: next thank you uh dr pepper and thank you chancellor dr paper
2: all right and the number one right of the week goes to this man who stood up and gave some comments uh, talking about how proud he is to be in this country and how he is anything but oppressed
6: juice number one right of the week if my per- grandparents are black all eight of my great grandparents all 16 of my great greats on my mother's side my ancestors were enslaved in alabama On my father's side, we were enslaved in Texas. I am not oppressed. I'm not oppressed, and I'm not a victim. I'm neither oppressed nor a victim. I travel all across this country of ours, and I check into hotels, and I fly commercially, and I walk into retail establishments, and I order food in restaurants. I go wherever I want, whenever I want. I am treated with kindness, Dignity and respect literally from coast to coast. I have three children. They are not oppressed either Although they are victims. I've taught my children. They are victims of three things their own ignorance Their own laziness and their own poor decision-making that is all My children We are not victims of America. We are not victims of some unseen, 190-year-old force that kind of floats around in the ether. Putting critical race theory into our classrooms is taking our nation in the wrong direction. Racism in America would by and large be dead today if it were not for certain people and institutions keeping it on life support. And sadly, sadly, very sadly, one of those institutions is the American education system. I can think of nothing more damaging to a society than to tell a baby born today that she has grievances against another baby born today simply because of what their ancestors may have done two centuries ago. There is simply no point in doing that to our children and putting critical race theory into our classrooms in part does that. Putting critical race theory into our classrooms is not combating racism, It's fanning the flames of what little embers are left. I encourage you to support this resolution. Let racism die the death it deserves. And let's keep living the life of the country that we want. Thank you.
2: Yep. Couldn't have said that better myself. What's one of the themes we've had throughout the show? The devil hiding in plain sight, manipulating things without us even realizing it. You don't think the devil's involved with stoking the flames of racism, like that man said? Let it die, people. Let it die. Next. When you speak falsely, you speak hell
6: into being, and that's the truth.
2: And that'll do it for the Rights of the Week. Thank you all for joining us on that segment, and uh, let's get back to the rest of the show. So I want to kind of take a, uh, a little bit of a two-for-one here for you guys with this, this next uh, little topic we're going to go on. You're going to get two topics for the price of one. How about that? One, I'll just do a quick hit, but I couldn't help but notice that the uh, federal government put out some guidelines lately, uh, or lately, or just the other day, about who can be drafted, what the guidelines are to be drafted if they ever have to uh, issue a military draft. So we do know this isn't, this isn't the same thing as, as can women be drafted, that whole conversation, because that's a whole other topic, uh, and no, they should not be. But the interesting one, and it goes to show you that, uh, I guess, at least somebody in the Biden administration actually does know the truth, even though they don't like to admit it. They put out guidelines that said uh, anybody that was born a biological male is eligible to be drafted, even if they now identify as a female. And anybody that was born a biological female will not be drafted, even now, if they identify as a male. So, I mean, there's not much more I even need to say to that. That speaks for itself, right? Anytime these ridiculous gender theory politician nutjobs get up there and want to try to preach this stuff to you, And try to make you, again, feel like the bad person for just pointing out the obvious, for living in reality. You could just hold this statement up, and it's a mic drop statement. Like, there you go. That's it, people. Doesn't need to be more complicated than that. You can wear a skirt, wear a wig, have fake boobs. Call yourself Susan all you want, but... Susan? Sorry. You were born with a Johnson, so... Come on, get in line, shave your head, do some push-ups, jumping jacks, run a couple miles, wear these boots, and hold this rifle, because you're now in the military, my friend. That's it. Simple, simple stuff. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was this story that circulated last week about them making this big deal about the new Scooby-Doo thing, clearly showing that now Velma is a lesbian. I guess she has like a, a a crush on on a girl or something in the in the I don't know if it's a movie or if it's just a new series or whatever it is but it was blowing up the web everybody's so happy and oh this gives us representation and oh blah 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 we knew it this whole time velma and it just aggravated me because again it's like if you want to do that stuff go for it not my cup of tea but go ahead and do it but Why does this stuff need to be broadcasted left and right? And why, when you're watching a show about kids solving mysteries, do you need a character to specifically be a lesbian or gay or any of these other boxes they try to check nowadays? It has nothing to do with it, nothing to do with the show. It's just to placate and please these radical activists out there. And they want that uh, trending story about their show going around and everybody giving them the, the virtual hand claps. It's crazy. The thing that kind of stood out to me was that this stuff shouldn't matter. It does, doesn't matter. I mean, I, I said it uh, in the monologue there about the devil has convinced us that you're, who you like to have sex with. Is this huge, important thing that completely makes up who you are? That should never be the case. I'm not a heterosexual walking around. I'm a, I'm a I'm a father. I'm a I'm a husband. I'm a Catholic. I'm a man. A little bit, I guess. Maybe not as manly as some other people, but you get the point. Who you who you enjoy sexually? That's who cares. It shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't be something that uh, you base your entire life around. I mean, think about that. You are boiling down your entire uh, makeup, identity, personality around who you enjoy having sex with. I mean, there didn't need to be anything explicitly pointed out about these characters. And everybody that wants to say there was no representation, I say you're wrong because I think Stuff like that has been in there, and it just didn't need to be shown to you with flashing neon lights and an arrow pointing at them, because again, it had nothing to do with the story. Take Scooby Doo for the example. Is anybody else are they going into all these ridiculous um, themes of of their love lives and who they have crushes on, or are they just going from town to town putting people uh, in in Halloween costumes away for trying to trying to uh, steal the deed of a farm, or trying to uh, get some gold out of a, out of an abandoned mine, or trying to smuggle some money out of a bank. Zoinks! That's what they do. They're not showing them going on dates and hanging out like that. Who cares? It had nothing to do with it. But it was kind of obvious that Velma was representing something like that. I don't think you needed the flashing neon light and her to explicitly say it. But it's like, oh, okay, whatever. That right there, that, that should be enough for that person who might be like, oh, I don't, I don't feel like a, like a Daphne who's like the the pretty, bubbly, like fashiony girl. I feel a little bit more nerdy, uh, unsure of myself. Uh, you know, don't have the pretty hair, wear glasses. Uh, so I kind of can appeal to maybe people that are questioning their sexuality. Maybe people that are just nerdy and different. But it didn't need to make up the entire character. It was just a little something there. I mean, the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz, I've made this point plenty of times. Trying to tell me that guy wasn't gay? Of course he was. But again, it didn't need to be this whole crazy thing about it. Like I heard they're making a remake, a re- reimagined version of that. And who knows if it will ever make it to the screen. But I'm sure now he's going to try to try to put the moves on the lion or something. He might pinch the Scarecrow's ass when they're going down the Yellow Brick Road now. You don't need it to be that explicit, if that's what you want. I mean, Smalls from the Sandlot. Of course that kid had the huts for Benny the Jet. But it was didn't need to take take over the entire movie. And anybody in this year right now, this not not this year, this season of the horror movie season in October here with the new Halloween coming out and everything... You mean to tell me dr Loomis wasn't wasn't in the closet, of course he was, but again, he didn't have to try to act like it was a sexual fantasy that he had for Michael Myers. It was just a fascination and an obsession with the hulking masked murderer that he must have had. but <laughs> we need to stop with this stuff. Tell your stories, have your characters, but make your characters much more interesting, please then who they want to have sex with it's so uninteresting and does not serve an entertaining story narrative purpose at all it appeals to a tiny tiny minority of people and maybe that's why there's nothing good to watch anymore movies tv hollywood in general you're all garbage All right, people, so it is that time in the show where we get to go to our always fun and always popular, come on, man, segment of the day. And as I told you earlier in the show a few times, this one's going right back to my former former home place, Boston, Massachusetts. And we're going to hear from the mayor of Boston, often referred to as the queen of Boston, because she runs the place like a tyrannical dictator. Yes, M- Mayor Michelle Wu, that's her name. She is uh, really, really bad at her job. She's a communist, socialist, uh, Liz Warren wannabe. So she is no good, trust me. Big, big reason for moving down south here to get away from politicians like that. So, so why is she getting a come on, man? Well, I'm going to bring you to Boston, Massachusetts, where last week uh, there was a shooting right outside of a high school in Dorchester, which is the area of the city that I lived, and she was given a little press conference from there outside the school uh, that day after it happened. So why don't we just go to the tape and uh, see what the Queen Woo had to say to the people of Boston. Juice?
9: My heart breaks as a, as a mom and as a resident of this city. We experienced an incident outside of the school building today, but on school grounds, and um, you'll hear more details from our partners at BPD and uh, the district attorney and BPS and our school safety officers. Um, This is a community that is strong. They have experienced trauma earlier in this year. You walk in the school building and you look on the walls, you see their values posted everywhere on, on... Posters, respect, perseverance, collaboration, responsibility.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just going to cut the queen off there for a second because um, she's the same person that the second she became mayor, I mean queen, she removed the police officers, the Boston police officers from school buildings because, you know, the police are bad. The police make people of color feel unsafe. The police are no good in these inner city schools. That's the way she views it. And she touches on values posted on the wall. Respect, perseverance, collaboration, responsibility. That's what she said. Is she going to take responsibility for making these schools less safe, for removing the police officers that were there, helping make the schools safer than they are? How about her collaborating with her community and her residents and maybe her opposition? Because she has no interest in collaborating unless you completely follow her orders. She's the one who ordered the vaccine to be given to everybody in the city. Before she came into power, I was one of those city workers. And we did have a choice to object to getting it. And it was put on hold until it got settled. She came in, made sure everybody had to have it or you would lose your job. You could fight and argue about it after the fact, but while you were unemployed. How about collaborating with people like that? Perseverance. Did she persevere when people boycotted her and and were outside protesting in front of her house day in and day out over her tyrannical mandates? No, she didn't. She created a new ordinance, a new rule to remove those people from outside of her house because she's special and important. She did not persevere. Respect. Does she respect anybody that doesn't think the way she thinks? Nope. So think about what a person like her, the mayor of Boston, in the spotlight, what's that showing to these young people that you think are so valuable? What are you showing them? What kind of values do you have that you're passing on to these kids? Let's hear what else she had to say.
9: These are the values that we want to see citywide. What happened today is it's not okay, and it's not—cannot— the responsibility of just our school department to address violence in our communities. What happens in our students' lives at home, in the community, ends up coming out in our sacred spaces of learning. Whoop.
2: Sacred spaces of learning. I hate that phrase. But she wanted to dive into it, but you heard her voice kind of crack a little bit because she knows it's a dangerous uh, place to go. But you're damn right. You need to hold people at home accountable for this stuff. Are you holding people accountable for this stuff at home? Where's the messaging that's going to promote two-parent family households? Where's the messaging that's going to promote keeping families together, encouraging family life, encouraging religion, encouraging faith, encouraging being involved with your kids? How many kids in Boston Public Schools are in single, single-parent households? Let's let her continue.
9: And so... We will not rest, we will do everything possible to pour into our young people to provide services and supports. Our neighborhood trauma teams are already on scene right now and partners from all across the city and the district, but this is our future. We need every single person, every business, every industry in Boston to prioritize and value resource and fund the work that we're doing at our Boston Public Schools to support our young people. I want to thank all of the school staff here today who acted immediately, who reached out to public safety and within minutes our uh, student was at the hospital and um, all of the processes kicked into gear just as had been planned and practiced. Uh, We should never have to implement those. And so I want to make sure as a mom that we're doing everything we can, that our school buildings, our school communities reflect every bit of love and possibility that I know we feel for our young people all across the city.
2: Unbelievable. I don't even know what the last 30 seconds of, of what she was saying even means. That was just a word salad of nonsense. And how about before that services, support, and neighborhood trauma teams? We have the, the services and support available to these children and, and the neighborhood trauma team here on site. What about providing the services and support before this happened? What about providing the safety and security of those police officers in the building? What about a few weeks ago when we had a Boston City Councilor who's known for wearing our silly little hats up there advocating to? Make sure that metal detectors are not at the entrances of these schools. So are you guys providing services and support for them? Are you setting them up for success? Or are you putting a target on their backs? Are you making it easier for them to go through this type of trauma? So then you can swoop in with your with your therapists and your, your, your counselors that can talk about their feelings afterwards. Why not try to help prevent the thing from even happening in the first place, Queen Wu? And another thing is that same city councilor, Councilor Mahia, with her weird little hats that she's always wearing. The same day that this happened, the exact same day, she's on Twitter tweet, tweeting out about Boston three one one, the the number you can call if you want to report a problem or for anything in the city. The needles in the park that we talked about earlier, uh pothole on the street, you know. Somebody saving their spot with a lawn chair two weeks after the snow has already melted. Any of these things, you call Boston three one one. This Julia Mahia city councilor, she's tweeting about the fact that now they just added thirteen more languages to that Boston three one one number, so anybody in the community can 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 be represented now. It's the same day, there's a shooting outside of a high school in her city, and that's what she cares about. That's what she's tweeting about. You need 13 more languages to tell you that your hats are ugly and you stink at your job? Maybe Queen Wu needs to hear that in a few more languages, too. But for this incident and her horrible handling of it, her general uh, lack of leadership and just, you know, terrible job she's doing as the dictator of Boston, Queen Wu, <music> You, my friend, have earned yourself one big, fat, classic, come on man and that's the show for today thank you guys so much for joining in don't forget give us a like subscribe to the show drop a little comment under there for me too let us know how we're doing give us a five-star rating please too that stuff really really helps and tell all your friends about us the right and wrong show baby and uh juice we're good right all right awesome so i guess i have nothing else to say to you guys except thanks for having me The Wrong Show is produced by Juice. Executive producer Juice. Audio mixer is Juice. Hair by Skull Shavers. Wardrobe and makeup by Ashley Ruka. Right and Wrong Song created by Juice. The Right and Wrong Show is copyright 2022 from Brian Ruka.